Uncle Alan, why didn't you save us in New York? I know you tried. That's why you switched shows. Thank you, baby. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Fitz. Morning. Welcome, everybody, to the alleged uh, Let's Shit All Over SummerSlam podcast. Uh, I am Fitz. Hello. Steve Hi. is not here because he's got the penis aids. Gentlemen, who are you? Good. Uh, it's quite a bit of background now, right now, again, after popping up prefits. Uh, episode 307, by the way, of the alleged wrestling podcast here. Um, try to do some admin stuff while Fitz or Steven here. You know, have to fill in the gaps for hosts extraordinaire. Yeah, we have to be professional when he's not here, apparently. He, he, he doesn't us, like it when we're not professional. Yeah, he, he, he gave, gave us guidance. Us, yeah. yeah. Three, apparently going like two and a half hours the last time he wasn't here. Uh, he wasn't too happy. So so we're going to leave loads of like dead air in between talking points and we're going to run for about four hours. Oh, 100%. Like if, if you don't hear anything, it's okay. The podcast is still happening. You don't need to worry about it. We're here. Don't worry. We're here to talk. It'll just take a couple of minutes. And most important, their attention is online. Hey, Sean, what is hey. the crime? We love um, a bit of retention. So I think we just jump straight into SummerSlam, considering it's so fresh. It was uh, it only finished. Look at, look at us doing ago. a post show. We haven't done a post show in years. In years, we're not able. Uh, Fucking shows finishing at five o'clock in the morning, Bo. We're not young men anymore. We're no. we're not as old as Steve, but we're not young men. <laughs> Remember, like the uh, Mania post show that we done that time. And oh, when I like, turned back to the hotel. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. yeah. Well, you were you were there live, yeah. Yeah. Uh, rushing past people on the streets almost getting run down by fucking taxis that, that was a time to be alive that was the, see that's that's dedication to the pod unlike Steve who is even a bit of penis aids getting away today you know scandalous can you scandalous. believe he went off on a fucking holiday like who who authorised that holiday in for fairness him? didn't seem like he had a great time a lot of time at that holiday <laughs> no he went there on, well it wasn't really a holiday he went there on business he went there to try convince a certain somebody to mm. sign for a certain football club but uh, he just uh, kept getting blanked. No one wanted yeah. to talk to him. Victor Osman's a piece of shit human being. You heard it yeah. here first. Getting left on Huge, the but true. Um, so see, he's been in a constant state of inebriation for about, what, five, six days now at this stage? Right now. So his yeah. hangover is probably going to last at least a month. And at his age, they could be lethal. So T's and P's for Steve in the chat. Thank you very much. Yeah. He learned what limoncello was, Ardo, and he apparently... To be fair, I had not heard of these things before. I am a very uncultured man. What what are they, if you can describe? I saw the picture, but I wasn't really sure what it was. It's basically lemon-flavoured pure alcohol, effectively, uh, designed to ease stomach digestion issues. Oh, and, wow. You know, rip out your insides. Why would you actively choose to do that? It's technically only supposed to be 30% alcohol. 30 to 35 percent, most places. Um, it's actually not as bad as everyone thinks it is. I, I liked it, but I had had a bit of mint in it though, so maybe that was why yeah, made all the difference. Like, yeah. yeah, but Gordo, some might say that you enjoy the misery. You see, maybe I do like the misery. <laughs> um, as everyone knows, I am someone who enjoys a bit of suffering in my life, you know, a bit of a masochist about me. 
Did you go for uh, a walk this morning, Gordo, after been up till 5 a.m. watching wrestling? I did in me fuck. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I was expecting a certain phone to ring. So, mm. uh, in like the hour or so that followed SummerSlam. Um, so, I did stay up to play a bit of FIFA, just basically in anticipation of the phone ringing. Um, so once that hour passed and the phone didn't ring, I thought it was safe to go to bed. Because there would have been nothing worse than if I'd actually gone to bed and that phone had rang like 10 minutes after I'd fallen asleep. I would have mm. been like an antichrist. So I said, right, I'll stay up. I'm sure you had nap time today anyway. During the day, it's fine. Oh, exactly. That was the plan. The plan was I was going to sleep. Uh, I did. This is a weekend where I sleep a lot. Um, and yesterday I actually woke up quite early, much to the shock of the two lads. Um, you ruined our entire weekend procedures. Like me, me and Pad have a nice routine sorted in the house here. He has the TV in the morning times. So I have it in the afternoon times, and Gordo has it when everyone else has gone to bed. Hmm. Uh, and Gordo being around just completely threw that into chaos. It was disgraceful behavior. I was out of bed before midday for oh, probably wow. the first what? Saturday in like five months. Yeah, madness. Yeah, before midday on a Saturday. Before midday on a Saturday. Uh, so, yeah, it was a weird, weird feeling. Um, As opposed to being awake before midday on a Saturday before going for his Friday night's sleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As in, like, I'd actually had, like, six and a half hours sleep and then said, you know what? I'm actually going to go about Labba and I'm going to interact with people and I'm going to play games for an hour. And, yeah, you know, you know, I, I actually had a normal Saturday for once. Which is why I'm feeling like fucking death today. This is why I mm-hmm. don't have normal Saturdays. Um, and Gordo being down, you know, it brought what I thought at the time was going to be my most miserable experience of the day. But then I had to watch SummerSlam. You see, uh, living with me is not so bad after all. <laughs> I could be SummerSlam. <laughs> yes, by comparison to SummerSlam and possibly the Holocaust, living with you is the third worst thing that could possibly happen. <laughs> oh, wow. Ah, no, that's something worse. You might have to watch Fatal Deviation. Fatal Deviation. No, no. I don't enjoy the misery. Not that much. Deviation. <laughs> okay, so SummerSlam. Let's just dive straight into it. Um, I I think we're going to work from the, the top down. So Logan Paul and Ricochet open the show. Fun match. Logan Paul continues to defy the laws of being a professional wrestler. Tenth odd match in and he's... <laughs> more comfortable than the vast majority of people there I hate that he's as good as he is because I don't want to I don't want to hate him yeah (laughs) he's a shitty human being he shouldn't be this good a wrestler yeah it really upsets me all I every time I see him all I think is he has scammed millions of people (laughs) out of money and that's all I see and I made one or two pops at it last night the man has scammed so many people out of money he's an absolute prick nobody should like him so what you're he's saying is, so he's, damn a, fucking talented. he's a piece of shit human being. He's good at he working is, the people. He's, he's a man of the people. He's a man of working the people. Um, yes. And he is a bigger piece of shit human being than Wheeler Yuta. Wow. Um, fun match, though. Um, match was good. I really enjoyed the match. Probably the best match of the night. Well, <laughs> we'll get there, but <laughs> there wasn't much competition. Yeah. Um, strange finish, though. First dirty finish of the night using the brass knucks provided by some random around the outside. 
I don't mind yeah. it because obviously they're getting local. He's always had the heel heat. This just kind of reinforces. He hasn't really done anything overly heely too much in his in the matches themselves up to now. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of the first kind of proper heel action he's done in the match, and it puts Rico- but this match hugely put Ricochet over, which yeah. and that helped as well. And the fact that it wasn't a clean finishing on Ricochet definitely yeah. helped for keeping and- the over even more. It was a match where it really broke out a lot of the hits. There was a lot of like callbacks to mm-hmm. re- wrestlers from the past. You know, Logan Paul doing, he had like a 30 second spot where he done a lot of Hulk Hogan stuff. Uh, Ricochet breaking out the people's moonsault for the first time in God knows how long. Got a big pop from me. Um, I was delighted with that. Um, the, the, the fucking the springboard satellite DDT from oh, Logan Paul. Yeah. Um, there was a, a, a and Fitz kind of said Ricochet done a lot of lifting on that. Uh, it was a really nice adjustment from him. I think Logan Paul nearly overcooked it. Uh, Ricochet has to just take a slight step back at the last second to catch him for it, but just showed the two of them. The two of them put a hell of a lot of fucking work into this. And uh, yeah, bell to bell, fantastic. Uh, the yeah, yeah. spot that got a lot of people on the internet talking, uh, got a lot of holy shit or what the fuck from people was the. Uh, Buckshot to the outside. Um, yeah, he didn't leave a lot of room between landing and hitting that. Really did not. It literally was just a full-on flip clothesline. One action. Um, very close yeah. to being a flip crossbody, really. Mm. Yeah, very much. But yeah, that, 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 that was the fine margins the two lads were working with with some of the shit they'd done. Um, and yeah, the, the ode to William Regal then to, to take it home. Um, mm. Yeah, I couldn't fault this. I loved it. Um the one downside I will have was when we got to around about the main event, uh, I actually made a comment to Fitz that I forgot that that match took place because there was so much shit that followed it. <laughs> um, so I feel for the two lads that what was a really good match uh, got buried in among a lot of uh, a, lot, a lot of crap. Um, um, one line, where do you think Logan goes next? While he got on a plane and uh, for three hours for <laughs> his brother's fight. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Look, at least there was one good brother on that show last night. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, in WWE, where does he progress to next and fight next? You pedantic fucker, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would probably be gone away till around about the Rumble. I can uh, see maybe I, you know, Survivor, maybe Survivor Series. Series. Yeah. Could yeah. he have... I wonder, could he have like a, a team of celebrity fighters that go against Team WWE or something like that? Oh, you got KSI crazy. that could possibly do a spot. I wonder, is there anyone else that could kind of fill in? I mean, a lot of actors are doing that right now, so... Uh, team no, Logan Paul against Team LA Knight. Okay, that could be interesting. Yeah, but make sure of kind of celebrities and wrestlers on both sides. Yeah, and you make yeah. sure to like you. You could put a fucking uh, you could put Sampras in there on Team LA Night. You know, good. Mm-hmm. You know, the possibility you have fucking Bad Bunny and Logan Paul squaring off with each Ooh, other in a fucking that, wrestling match. That people of Puerto Rico would be very, very intrigued in that match. Yeah, tear <laughs> yeah. the country they in two. Legit, so they legit do not like each other, so that should be no. be interesting. Uh, do they not? Oh, no, they're not like there. each other. Oh, there is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow, did not know that. But well, we'll see where it goes day, anyway. The end of the day, the WWE can make that shit happen. Let's be honest. Um, it's all about but the yeah, money. I think, 
I think if, if you could work it in such a way to give LA Knight some of that Logan Paul rub to keep his ascent going, um, which obviously we'll talk about in a few minutes more. But yeah, I think for me, if you were going anyway, don't make sense as either Logan Paul is going to face LA Knight possibly going into the Survivor Series, or if not, he may have a little bit of adrenaline in his soul. Mm. Speaking of which, he, uh, Cody Rhodes, Brock Lesnar, part three in a normal wrestling match that apparently you can't get disqualified for using the steel steps as a weapon. It's uh, they're, very, they're very loose with the definitions of steel steps. When it suits them, it's a disqualification. Generally, it's not for most things I've seen. I mean, if you would, drop someone or someone got thrown someone into the steel steps and there was a DQ, like they're very, yeah. if they feel like it, it's a DQ, but it's, I don't mind it too much because the steel steps have always been kind of, they're part of the ring. It's part the same the as pulling someone into uh, the I think if you use them as a stationary weapon, so if you throw someone into them or if you drop someone on them, I think that's fine because they're, you know, they're part of the physical structure. But when you dismantle them and lift them and use them as a fucking weapon to hit somebody, yeah, that's that's the disqualification. That that got me angry. Ah, referee's discretion. It's grand. If that happened in AEW now, you know, the internet would be all up in arms about it. If it happened in AEW, you'd be saying fucking nothing. I'd be saying the exact same thing. I've been harshly critical of all of the refs. Um, But that aside, the match was fine, I thought. You know, you know exactly what you're going to get. It was a different try to hold him. uh, The countouts being very heavily used for to drag out the match for a while. Uh, But I like the whole thing of it, though. It was literally like Brock was just like, fucking just stop. It kind of it fed into obviously they had the handshake at the end and all. It kind of fed into that. It was kind of earning Brock's respect because Cody wouldn't stop coming back at him. Okay, you you mentioned it the the, the moment after the match apparently not scripted. Mm. Uh, I did not like it. I thought this just doesn't feel like something Brock Lesnar would do. Brock Lesnar a character, no. Brock Lesnar the person, yes. Yeah, but yeah. we don't deal with Brock Lesnar the person. <laughs> we deal with Brock Lesnar who attacked Cody Rhodes for no reason and they're all after mania. Well, yeah, I mean, they could come out and fully explain that. All Brock wanted to do was the, the fact that he wanted to test Cody to make sure he was ready to come back against Roman again. Now, if they do that, fair enough, but that feels like they've pulled the cart before the horse somewhat. I just, I don't know. It like didn't that's sit the right only way they could make it make sense, I feel, because like, like, they still have never explained why. Lesnar went after him in the first place. No, and, as and Steve would do, say, what's in the lockbox? Yep. I think that's the only way you're going to do it to tie it off in the end is that, obviously, after that, Tandrick and all Lesnar basically facing it. He's never really ill anyways, Lesnar. Um, so you can do it as that. Like, he just wanted, after the, the loss at Mania, he just wanted to test Cody to make sure he was ready to face Roman again or wanted to step up. Kind yeah. Of. Brock to actually save him from a beatdown from somebody else on Raw on Monday and to actually shake his hand in a final thing of respect and explain what happened. Maybe. It's hard to know. Um, I don't think we're going to see Brock till at least the Rumble, if at all. And I think Cody will come out on Raw tomorrow night and put himself in another championship window with probably Seth, because it looks like the uh, the Judgment Day might have other issues with to deal with themselves. But uh, I suppose well, we'll, actually, we'll keep going with that, because it's kind of all linked together. So okay. Seth Rollins defeated Finn Balor. Uh, after shenanigans uh, involving Damian Priest and the briefcase. Almost a carbon copy of Money in the Bank, to a degree. 
Um, an exceptionally good match right up until the finishing sequence. Mm. Um, I absolutely despise the finishing sequence. Yeah, it was very like they're, they're making Finn out to be such an idiot in the whole thing. Like you know, mm-hmm. take blaming Priest for stuff when it's very obviously not Priest's fault for what's happening. He's trying to help here, like he's not going out for himself on any of this. It's I, it's I don't like the direction they're going with it. Really, um, there's just no it, need for it. No, nah. I mean, you could say that about ninety percent of what happened on this fucking show. I True. don't like the way they were going direction of it. Um, like what? What was the the proposed end game of the whole thing with Priest winning the belt or winning the money in the bank? Is that he was going to tease to cash in or whatever. You could easily have done all of that and still have had Finn Balor put in a strong performance and probably win. Yeah. Like, the the, the end result didn't need to change the journey that they both could go through. And, like, the long term and the rest on uh, further booking with the briefcase makes more sense with Balor as champ as well. As much as I, like, obviously, just want Balor for Champions League. It's nice to round it out, and it was good for the seven-year anniversary of the whole thing happening. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we are, were definitely a bit biased towards Balor and all, but storyline-wise, it made more sense for Balor to come away with the title. Absolutely, especially when you think of what happened at Money in the Bank only last month. Mm-hmm. You know, if they didn't do Money in the Bank last month and they did what they did in SummerSlam, it wouldn't have been as bad. But the fact that they did it twice, back-to-back, with effectively the same story is just another example of their laziness in terms of how they actually book these things and the lack of foresight to save big spots for big moments. And that, like Gordon said, was a continual theme throughout this entire show. Yeah, like there's actually quite an easy alternate story they could have gone with here. Um, All it takes is one backstage segment and they can get out of this nicely and progress to a nice story, which is... They can go the route of having Balor backstage to turn around to the others and say, look, after the last month, I don't want you out there. I need to do this myself. Yada, yada. Very quick, simple. Only needs to be a minute or so. Just basically him categorically saying he doesn't want the others out there. Then the long-rumored story, obviously, is that they're expecting one J.D. McDonough, uh, to link up with the Judgment Day at some point, uh, JD to join the JD, have him be the one to come out there and cause the assist for Balor to go on and win the title. So then you can run the story of, basically Finn didn't trust the actual Judgment Day to come out and help him. He had to go elsewhere. That seeds, that sows further seeds of discontent with the likes of Priest. Then you have something on Raw, basically, where Priest confronts him and gives out about the fact that he's not trusting him and he had to go and bring in somebody else and basically you can start teasing the the, the priest cash in from there. Rollins obviously comes out upset about the, about having the interference in the first place. A little bit of a brawl or whatever. Then you have, you can set up to either Rollins versus Priest at some point. You can have Rollins versus JD. And obviously you can go down the route of having a rematch at some point as well if you wanted to. But in reality, your end goal obviously is going to be through whatever matches that happen, you start booking Priest as the one who's strong in matches against the likes of Rollins. Have a back and forth between himself and JD where he doesn't trust him, doesn't like the fact that he's basically stepping on his territory. He has to overcome him. And essentially just keep teasing the cash in with him on Balor for the next month or two. It's a very simple, different fucking story. You you go with 
the one thing that they've been seemingly looking to do, which is get McDonough in there and get him on TV more. And you also set up for potential with three or four really good matches for Damian Priest while also teasing the cash in. It's a very simple way of doing shit. Instead, we got what we got last night, which was a rehash of what we got last month, which was, I'll I, I give them credit, it was nicely executed. Like, the people that were involved in it, like, you know, they, they'd done what they needed to do, fine, but it just wasn't good. Wouldn't be like that to rehash things. No, no, not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. Um, yeah, it was just, it was upsetting. I think, uh, I think we all expected... Obviously, I think a lot of us expected the title change um, with the seven years and everything. But yeah, I just don't think it was. Um, I I just don't think it was a good, a good, a good story and a good. I don't think it was the right way to go with it, to be honest. So now you've looked at what they could have done. What do you think they will do now coming out of SummerSlam for both Balor, Judgment Day, and Rollins? Oh, they'll probably just have. They'll actually probably just have, you know, the discontent between Balor and Priest. There'll be a match at some point. McDonough will end up interfering, helping Balor lay out Priest. Well, Priest the, judgment day. the next pay-per-view is called Payback. Mm. Yep. So they'll literally do that, and Rollins is probably... Bleh. How do you have Rollins and Cody not be next? That's the thing, but how do you have Cody not win that and still be okay to go for Roma at Mania? Which I'm assuming is their end game at this point. But that's what I mean. You know, the... Cody it's gets easy. jumped by Imperium. Yeah, like every time. That's the thing. Like it's it's been a thing now. Cody has tried to challenge Rollins about four times now, and gets something happens every time. So it is that I reckon they're gonna he's gonna try on Raw to go for for Rollins again. But as Gordo said, someone's gonna interfere. Imperium, and that's where you have Brock come out for the save. Hmm. I don't know how I feel, but it, it it's an ending. Oh, that's it is an ending. It. That's enough. Um, so everyone's favorite LA Knight, yeah, won the what's the full title? Slim Jim SummerSlam Battle Royale. This was fine, I don't think it, it'll live long in the memory. No, I mean, Omas true JD McDonough, who got his first kind of big spot, true far. Um, oh, he fucked him out of the ring. He, he very fucked him for the first things in it. But no, it was fun. It was, it was a battle royale, it was a fun battle royale, it was good. Probably too many people in the ring because there's too much going on at the one time. But it felt inevitable that Lanite was going to win. It would have been nice if they put something on the line, just like even, yeah, a, tro- even a trophy. And I don't want it to be a trophy. It should have been a title shot. A, of some sort or, a year subscription, a Slim Jim fucking membership. I don't care, just something. A Slim Jim title Yeah, lifetime supply of jerky. There you go. <laughs> with, a, with a Slim Jim title belt. Yeah. Um, moving on to one of the more divisive matches of the night the MMA rules match Shayna Baszler defeated Ronda Rousey via the Kirafuda clutch crowd and the crowd much. goes out yeah. of the arena to go to the bathroom and restock on their drinks was, uh, was this match so bad or was this just an overreaction by the crowd I gotta say a bit of both it was the wrong type of like was this a, if this was a regular wrestling match I think it would have been grand I don't think the MMA rules match was a good idea for this match. Now, Gordo, is there any way you could have salvaged this in an MMA rules kind of scenario? I could salvage it with two words. <laughs> Bite, pit. Bite, pit. Um, I, I, I said this to Fitz last night. I thought there were sequences near the start 
before they said done the bit where they got knocked to the outside and there was a few bits out there, I actually thought some of the sequences they actually had were really nice mm. sequences that if you saw in like a proper grappling competition, you'd look at people doing counters and stuff and you're like, yeah, you know what, that's actually some really, really nice stuff there. Um, it shows they put a lot of work into specific sequences they wanted to do. You could see they actually put a lot of effort into trying to put this together. It went off the rails a bit when they went with the whole head kick. R- Ronda still hasn't learned about head movement. Um, <laughs> Steve will be very upset. Head movement that's been shouted out for the last six years. Um, yeah, they, they they went a weird route with it. It kind of went off the rails a bit after all the, the head kicking. She rolled to the outside and some of the brawl and the back and forth. I, I just think if they'd done it in a fight pit, at least the spectacle of that, people would be expecting it to be a bit more brawly. They won't. They won't be expecting, you know, let's run the ropes and clothesline each other because that's not what you expect as soon as you see that cage. Um. Yeah, it was. I I I didn't hate it as much as most. Um, but I very much looked at it as a. This should not be on a wrestling pay per view. Yeah. Unless it was in a fight pit or uh, like the bring back the, the Lions Dick Den or whatever. Lions Den, yeah. Um, yeah, if you, if you put it in either of those two cages, I don't think people shit on it as much as they did. But they didn't do that, so people rightfully shot on it the way they did. Um, I felt for the two of them, but at the end of the day, Shane gets the win. Everyone knows I've loved what that woman has done since I brought her into the company. I think she's phenomenal. Uh, ever since her matches with the then Ember Moon, now Athena to AEW fans. Um, well, Ring of Honor fans, because I can't find a way to get her on fucking AEW mm-hmm. TV somehow. Mind-boggling. Um, but yeah, ever since the stuff that Shayna done with her, Shayna's just taken it up to a ridiculous level. Um, her main roster call-up was one of the biggest fumbles, I think, in the last decade for WWE. They fucked that so badly because she was an absolute layup. Um, having Charlotte eliminate her from that fucking Royal Rumble just instantly killed her on arrival. Um, she came in, she dominated a Royal Rumble, eliminated like six people in the space of four minutes, and Charlotte wins. Lol. Um, yeah. Do you she, think that uh, they need, they need the, to build her? Do you think that the main roster uh, fans have never cared about Shayna the way the NXT fans did because just they don't know? Who NXT Shayna was, they yeah. were never given her the opportunity. Yeah, mm. they've never seen it, and I think, I, I think she's someone they want to like. I, well, not even like. I think she's someone they want to react to, and you see every so often where they do stuff with her. Like in in this feud, the fans have not seen her as the heel, yet WWE have portrayed her as the heel, and that's mm. not helped. Yeah, like. At the end of the day, a lot of the stuff to what she said, if she was a heel of any regarding this, she's a quote-unquote relatable heel. Uh, I'll use the one person I would throw out in these kind of situations is in uh, Black Panther, Killmonger. He's a bad guy where when he speaks his story, you really relate to me. Like, well, you know, he's fucking right. This is how I looked at what Shayna was in this, but WWE just kept on the drill. No, no, she's the bad guy. She's the bad guy. And that didn't work. That was poor. And they should have they should have been able to pivot away from that. It was like the time they tried turning Becky heel. It was a fucking awful idea. Um so yeah, I think I think the booking really hasn't helped the fans 
to be able to invest in her, but people want to. Um, should that, so I think it's a case of if they do right by her coming out of this over the next couple of months, I, I think it's very easy to get the fans involved in her and invested in her and behind the push for her. Um, and like realistically, her and her and Rhea could have a fucking war of a man. Like, and at the end of the day, Rhea is someone who's a heel who everyone cheers. Shane is someone that, as I said, if you're wanting to make her be a face, you might actually start getting a couple of boos out of Rhea as well. It, it, it could cause a really interesting crowd dynamic. Um, but yeah, I, I, if it was up to me over the next two months, my big thing would be you try and build for Shayna versus Rhea going into like Stardust, whatever one is before Survivor Series. I think it's too long to try and drag it to Survivor Series. But yeah, like if true payback into the next one, your 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 and, goal should be Shayna well, versus Rhea. Yeah, well, you can build Shayna up for the month first because uh, Rhea's already busy with... Um, She's with uh, Smiley back. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be probably the next pay-per-view match there, yeah. and then you can set her up for Survivor Series. Yeah, um, and realistically, think... Rhea is not dropping the title to Raquel. Raquel's not ready for that yet, no. based on how they've booked her. Again, love, love Raquel. They've not done right by her. There's a team with NXT call-ups. Uh, people mm. that should be fucking layups, and they fumbled them badly. Yeah. I think Shayna bites someone again. Is that what it's over last time? <laughs> oh. oh, dear God, don't bring that up. <laughs> Do you reckon, though, this match uh, last night was severely damaged by the fact that the fans actively, genuinely dislike Ronda Rousey? I think there was boring chance I heard at some point throughout the match. I could have been mishearing. Yeah. But like, I think if this match yeah. for Shayna was with anyone else, it would have gotten a much better reaction without a change in the booking of the match at all. It's just that Ronda was there, therefore fans don't like Ronda, therefore fans don't like the match. I don't know, maybe that's just me, perhaps, but I, I think a lot of people are happy that Ronda is potentially gone now. Yeah, it seems like she's out the door for now anyway. Um, I mean, Ronda was very, when she, when she came first, it just seems like throughout her career in WWE, when she came first, it was great. She was all enthusiastic and up for everything. And just mm -hmm. the last while, she just hasn't seemed bothered. Yeah. And it's, she hasn't been booked well either. She hasn't been booked well, but also just she doesn't seem overly bothered either. And it just it comes across. So people yeah. kind of have picked up on that. And like, if you don't want to be here, don't be here. Like, Absolutely. Um, so let's see what to do with Shayna. I assume nothing because that's what they do. Uh, next women's match. Oh, this angered me too. So you had a triple threat match. Charlotte came out first, and for some inexplicable reason, Asuka, the champion, came out in the middle. Yeah. What's and the then <laughs> I can only assume it was due to the fact that Bianca came out last to do her sponsorship spot with C4. If it was a big spot, a big fancy entrance, I don't mind if, if that going on last, if it's a big fancy entrance. But mm -hmm. yeah, it was literally just side profile. Ah, C4, drink. She drank right. a beverage. She did drink like, a beverage. Cody did a better I, press show afterwards, press conference afterwards. I 100% get the fact that WWE are exploring all the sponsorship avenues that they can. 100%. Like, that is my chosen profession. I understand all of that. <laughs> it doesn't make it good, however, when you have, when you interrupt the actual content that people enjoy 
to force feed a sponsorship spot. What? You mean like Mike's Hard Lemonade with the different mics? Like Mike, Mike. the Mizmazanan? But his name is Chad. <laughs> Even that, I didn't mind too much because it was backstage. It was a video. Why was Miz still in his ring gear? Why was Miz in his walkout ring gear that he would have taken <laughs> off to go into the match? Why did he put back on his jacket? Continuity here. Continuity. All I want is continuity in my segments. Um, no, I, I, I want to counterpoint one thing with what you said there um, about how, look, you, you get to WWE or wanting to go down all these routes, and it was bad. Another thing that was bad, you had a fucking battle royal that was sponsored by Slim Jim. The winner did not fucking snap into a Slim Jim afterwards. Why was he not eating a Slim Jim in the ring after the match? <laughs> because they cut to an ad with him having a Slim Jim. Yeah. That they definitely didn't pre-record because they knew that he was going to win. You could have someone. You could have had someone do a fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin where they're chucking Slim Jims into LA Knight in the ring and he's eating a Slim Jim on each post. Taking a bite. Yeah. Yeah. Bite. Yeah. 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 We're going over to this corner. Yeah. You know, it was uh, simple, but no, no. No, no. So the triple threat match. Um, Charlotte, did, was she having some throwback gear on? It looked like her, some of her NXT gear from when she yeah, debuted way back when. Yeah, it's different from what she's worn in a long time. And yeah. She has some issues with it. Yeah, very lucky the, the ref there had to do, I think, a bit of creative strapping, or was it just a zip-up or something there at the beginning zipper. of it? It was the zipper, yeah. Uh, match was fine. You know, Charlotte is Charlotte. The natural selection is still one of the worst wrestling oh, moves in the history double of natural wrestling. selection is even worse than a single one. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. Uh, Bianca obviously had the the leg issue that she sold, like she got shot out of us from a sniper in the fucking stands. That was fine, and as soon as it happened, you knew that she was going to go away and come back. Um, I didn't think that she would go away, come back, and win. I I was very very angry for that ninety seconds <laughs> until Io Sky's music hit and the, she came out to the ring with Bailey, but. Uh, poor Asuka. Jesus Christ. I know it made sense in the context of EO cashing in that you didn't want to do it on Asuka. I get that. But poor Asuka. Jeez, what does she need to do to have a dominant title reign? Especially now that she's got the the Kana uh, super fucking personality installed. It's just, it hurts my head so much. Yeah, the one thing is, hopefully we get an Asuka EO promo now out of this afterwards. It's a good bit of mangle uh, and promo. Why not be just the two of them? Yeah, there's a third Japanese wrestler coming on the way back. Yeah, allegedly. Um, Did she do her press conference today, actually? I didn't really check up on that. Oh, I don't know. I remember you saying that. I actually didn't follow up because, you know, um, I was asleep all day. I will check that while you want to talk about the match. Go for it. Yeah, I think overall, the, the match was... It definitely didn't live up to what I was expecting from the three of them. No, no. Um, yeah, it's annoying. Um, the, the, this whole, and they run it in too many of her matches. Bianca's leg gets hurt, and then two minutes later, she's completely non selling it to run over someone to do her handspring fucking moonsault. Mm. And then she, well, at first, it's despite barely been able to. No, but the fact that she does the whole run over them. Yeah. That involves would have to run the length of the ring and jump over somebody, and they always land on the leg that's been worked on um, without it buckling. Um, and then the generic show of strength match afterwards. It's. 
the, the formula for her matches, I think, is broken. Um, and unfortunately, it's a formula they go too far too often. I get, I, I, I half get the finish because I don't think you want to cash in to be on Asuka. And they sure as hell weren't going to have it be Charlotte again. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't because it'd be another fucking title reign on Charlotte's record. Yeah, but at least this way they can move away from Charlotte for a bit. You know, it's uh, otherwise Charlotte has to stay around the title picture again, as opposed mm-hmm. to their usual thing of we'll just call her up when we need to. Um, it's yeah, dangerous, though, just calling Charlotte up when they need her right now because when she's taking these big long gaps. She's very ring rusty when she comes back. Oh my god, is she get into stuff and is doing yeah. not great lately. Mm-hmm. Very ungood. Mm. Uh, so Kyrie potentially returning in November. Uh, apparently, she's a couple more dates to work for uh, All Japan. So keep an uh, keep an eye on it. Is what it seems to be the information. Mm. Um, good to have her back if they if they do right by her, which I think Triple H will. Um, yeah. It was hella good to see Dakota Kai come to the ring, wasn't it? The celebrations yeah. after it. That girl has just had unnatural bad luck with her ACLs. Hopefully, it's... the last of it, because damage control as a faction seems to just work. You know, Bailey is the leader, but she's not really the leader. It's kind of a leader by committee I mean, almost. They, they've been teasing a breakup for a long time now. And... It is a cheerocracy. It is not a cheer tatorship. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, who do you think is going to be first up for Kyrie? Is it just going to go straight to Bianca? Yo, you mean? Yes, that is exactly uh, what I meant. <laughs> I mean, it, de- it depends on if Bianca's injured from her leg injury at the pay per view. Something um, tells me, Bo, that she'll be just fine. <laughs> uh, I could see either Bianca or Asuka. I don't know what should go first because both make sense. Or do you go maybe Fatal 4-Way at Payback with the three from last night and EO? you kind of been building, just Charlotte adding away. an extra person every single time. It's a bit, you know. Yes, probably they'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, what else is there to do? They, they, they're only marginally better than AEW at booking the women's division lately, for the last mm. six months or so. So I don't really have much hope that they'll be able to book themselves out of it. But at least now that EO has won the title, she might have a bit of a dominant reign. Let's see, nice, I suppose. Nice Stick a pin in it. Yeah. Um, sorry, Sean, we did overlook the fact that Brock had a bit of a wardrobe malfunction. Thankfully, he was wearing uh, some undergarments, or we could have seen the, the <laughs> Minnesota 2 being freed. Yeah, um, oh, the they hammer. did come out. Oh, right. oh, I did not see the hammer. No, <laughs> thankfully not. Um, the only penis was the one that we saw on his chest. Yes, that was a battle Native. of bad tattoos. <laughs> um, the Brock's one is the slightly less bad one. Never thought a man with a penis sword on his chest to be the lesser of two evils in a fucking tattoo in a tattoo debate. Um, probably the best match of the night. Uh, I see title. Gunter defended against Drew McIntyre. Um, classic Gunter match. Mm-hmm. I think we probably all agree. And the the finishing sequence was probably one of the best finishing sequence of a match I've seen in a long time. They were both up in the top corner. Gunter knocks Drew down and he lands f- 
full on penis rope. It looked excruciatingly painful. Um, I think he does the splash and then powerbomb for the win. So nice, tidy finish. Um, good match, probably best match of the night in terms of start to finish action booking story. Thoughts, yeah, emotions, yeah. feelings? Two, two lads that you just expect a certain level of like perfection and execution, I suppose. Um, the two lads that very rarely put foot wrong in their matches, and yeah, that closing sequence was what well, was a sign of it. Um, yeah, a really fun match. After the bits that they shown during their triple threat so at uh, Mania, I think we expected no less. Um, very fun. The two lads I could watch. I, I think that the company could go out and send out there any day of the week and just say, "Here, lads." You know, we have fucking 20 minutes to kill. Any chance you can go out there and have a fucking solid 8 out of 10 match and you're guaranteed to get it out of them on fucking mm-hmm. 5 minutes notice. And yeah, uh, yeah, you send these two lads out there and give them time and they'll come up with a really good match for you. And yeah, that's what we got. Um, yeah, a lot of love for the two guys. For sure. Um, Gunter looks like he's going to pass the Honky Tonks record now. Uh, he only has, I think, four weeks to go, maybe. Are in Nashville? Are they in Nashville between now and then? And can we have him chop him to fucking dust <laughs> at some point in the build-up to whatever his next title match is? Uh, who knows? That's, a, that's an interesting proposition. The Honky Tonk Man is what? Late 70s at this stage? Uh, if you just fucking blow near him and he'll fall over. <laughs> he's probably only around about 63, right? I Let's must be older than that. Oh, holy shit. He turned 70 this year. Yeah, that's a bit more like it. <laughs> I stand by um, it. Can we, in fact, get Gunter to chop him to fucking dust? I assume nobody beats Gunter for the title before the break of the record, right? Oh, fuck no. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't get the record now at this point. Like, uh, the one person that you probably could have given it to Drew, it would have made sense. But, like, if you're not, if you're not doing, doing Drew, then yeah. no one should get it before that record. Drew, Drew and Seamus are the only ones that realistically have been built Seamus, up. Seamus, give it to Shambo. Give it to Sham at the end. Sham at the end is the way to go. I tell you what, I've... though, right? I genuinely believe that whoever beats Gunter for the title is going to get more of a rub than whoever beats Roman for that title. Uh, no. the, the way they're booking it at the moment I don't think anyone's ever beaten Roman for the title <laughs> I hate to say it at this point Roman is only losing that title if he gets fucking hurt uh, let's move straight on into it so the, the undisputed WWE Universal Championship Tribal Combat whatever that actually meant because there was no reference to it on the night and nothing looked or felt different about the match Roman Reigns defeated Jey Uso via spear through a table with a little helping hand from the returning Jimmy Uso. Oh boy. Um, this, this was the thing that happened. Uh, I want to preempt the rest of the show and immediately nominate this for 24 um, 7. I feel that this was the probably worst booking decision of the year. I can't even remember what's our reigning champion, if anyone can. Uh, Raw after Mania. Raw after Mania. That was fucking AIDS. Not good AIDS. The bad kind of AIDS. Worse this was still worse. 
Yes. At least penis aids, you can get quick treatment for it. I don't think there's any quick treatment to fix this. Right. I mean, so we've had Roman Reigns be champion for almost three years. We, we have to say, we have praised this storyline the whole way through. Absolutely. Like the, the story was built. And it, it, the bloodline, the whole concept of the bloodline developed when Roman won the title and he wanted to make Jay, his cousin, fall in line and support him. They had their couple of matches at the very beginning. Jay couldn't defeat Roman. Therefore, he had to fall in under line. And then that progressed. Jimmy came back. He made Jimmy's fall under. They looked like the title was slipping to Drew. He recruited Solo and the bloodline was there. Then one by one, it started to unravel. Uh, Jay got annoyed because of the way Sammy was being treated after Sammy became an Uso. Um, and then Sammy got his title shot and looking back with a little bit of hindsight, could have and possibly should have won the title. We wouldn't have hated if it happened. We said it at the time. WrestleMania came along. Cody was the challenger. Practically uh, the vast majority, I would say, of the fan base wanted and expected Cody to win the title at that stage. I think we were all unanimous on the podcast here and we said, no, we don't want Cody to win the title. That wasn't the story. The story started with and should finish with Jay. And all the way up until last night, the story was being told perfectly. We all enjoyed it. We all found the important beats of the story to be on point and to continue the story to its natural progression as we felt it to be with Jay finally beating Roman. They booked the match up until the bell rang last night perfectly. And then, inexplicably, you had Jimmy Uso turn his back on Jay, costing him the match. And it was, and I quote myself from last night, the drizzling shits. And like, I, I, I fucking hated it. I understand the reason they're going to give behind it, which, you know, like he was jealous because he didn't want it. Um, uh, Jay to be the tribal chief. Uh, Jay made it all about him as opposed to yeah, about them. And... Yeah, yeah, I can understand why they did it, but it's such a bad decision. But they kind of covered that already. Yeah. Oh, the, this know, is a repeat of three years ago. But not even that. But they kind of covered that maybe two months ago. Yeah. When Jay and Jimmy first split from the bloodline, they kind of teased the fact that Jimmy was jealous of Jay then. And then Jay left the bloodline in solidarity with Jimmy. So that, you know, they, they got over that. And for it to resurface now just felt all wrong. And based on the reaction of the internet alone, which is a dangerous thing to do at the best of times, not many people were happy with this. And I think Jordan shared it in the chat earlier. It has got a, a disastrously low rating on, was it Cage Match? Cage Match. Yeah. You're not good. No, and I, I will say in the, the nuts and bolts of the matches, I don't think we'll go too far into that on a lot of this because the story is the, the important part here. Um, the, the match itself, I actually thought, suffered badly from having mm, too much the stuff on the outside yeah. and going into the ring. Uh, or Sorry, going into the ring, going into the crowd. And obviously, I get mm -hmm. that that's where they had Solo do the run-in. Um, it, it killed the crowd. Um, the, the the bits in the crowd killed the crowd, which is kind of weird to say, but yeah, it was it was very much not good. Um, the the crowd stuff hurt even more so by the fact that the way they had the stadium set up, 
they literally had tarped off about a quarter, if not a third, of one of the ends with yeah. literally just a black sheet. And all the outside action was pretty much in front of that. So most of the stadium couldn't see because it wasn't being lit up. Yeah. So the people in the crowd fell flat because they genuinely couldn't see what was going on. The only match that's gotten a worse rating than this on cage match from last night was the MMA rules match. Yeah. And nothing else comes close to them. The only, obviously the uh, women's title match, the, the cash-in was not eligible, obviously because it lasted 15 seconds and cage match doesn't allow them to be voted on if it's less than five minutes, which is fair. Um, but yeah, like both of them have ratings of under five. Then after that, the Battle Royal, the Battle Royal had a rating of 6.06 and the Cody Brock match had 6.79. Everything else is, oh, actually the, the women's match was 6.82. But yeah, so these are basically mm-hmm. two points less than the women's title match than Brody, uh, Cody versus Brock. Um, the the match has Rollins Ballard down as the best match of the night. It would nearly double the score of the, the, the other title match. And for context, this main event lasted 36 minutes, which that, seems to be a standard match, let alone yeah. women's fucking five minute entrance. Oh, like when the when the women's match ended and they did an ad for was it Liv Morgan at that stage? Yeah, but on the five minute Liv Morgan video. Mm. And then I said to Laura, yeah. they're they're going to have to go and do another five to ten minute video recap they're going to have the fucking 10-minute Roman entrance. This match didn't start until 20 to 5 in the morning. Paddy was up for work. <laughs> Paddy was legit. Paddy legitimately was walking down the stairs to get ready for work as the as Roman's music was still playing. Like, like to, to, to Sean's point in the chat, um, he's saying Roman moved way too slow and that, Joey from Wrestling Soup said it best yesterday that Roman has absolutely no second gear. That is true, but it's also intentional, I think, for Roman. That's the character that he portrays. That's the style of matches that, a, you know, a dominant tribal chief or whatever variant of that you want to portray. He's, being. he's, never, he's never supposed to be stressed or pushed. Exactly. He, he wants to make it look like he's always in control and the yeah. best way to do that is to have slow, methodical matches. It's almost like a Randy Orton effect. But if you're going 36 minutes to have a fuck finish like that, mm. it's only natural people are going to shit on it. Bearing in mind that this was the third fuck finish of the night in what is their second biggest show of the year. You had Logan Paul, the brass knucks. You had Seth Rollins with the, the money in the bank situation. Yeah. My it's, God, yeah. I am like to be honest with you. I'm I'm very angry at myself that I stayed up to to watch this live, and you know go to bed after five a.m. in the morning because I had hope and expectation that they were going to do the right thing. More fool me, but very disappointed that they had a story built over three years that was one of the best stories they've ever told throughout the entirety of their company, and they seem to have just thrown it away. Furthermore, on top of that, if this was the long-term plan that they weren't going to pull the trigger on Jay now, then you have to relook at the previous decisions that they went with and reevaluate those. So you have to look at Sami Zayn and Montreal and you have to look at Cody at Mania and re-question, should they have won then 
And would that have been better than dragging it on and not putting it on Jay now? I mean, obviously at this stage, it's going to be Cody again at Mania. So that means you have to drag this out again for Roman until Mania because they're not going to drop it. Their Survivor Series is a is a bloodline uh, elimination fatal four way. Mm. But tell me this, right? Cody is a Raw superstar. Rumble. Roman is a SmackDown champion. Rumble. How does Cody get that title shot unless he wins the Royal Rumble back to back? Always been the Rumble again. Yeah. At what stage? do the fans start to turn on Cody for just being shoved down their throat more than John Humble. Cena was? <laughs> like that, that, that's a genuine question. Yeah. You know, the Cody no. verse got tired very quickly in AEW because it was a lot of the same old shtick. With the amount of propaganda we've got for Cody in the last two months alone, not it's even going back to Virus Mania, it's obnoxiously difficult to yeah. look past. I, now what, the way it could go, you, you could go with him not winning the Rumble. Um, I personally, I think Gunther should win the Rumble. Um, and I think that sets up Gunther versus Rollins at Mania. Um, I think I think that should be the title match for the Raw side. Uh, Gunther should be losing the title somewhere around Survivor Series. Build him up for Rumble. Gunther wins the Rumble. Second year in a row where he has a really strong Rumble show and he goes on to win it. Awesome. You're building a fucking absolute star in Gunther. Gunther goes on, wins the title. Happy days. But Roman and Cody? Elimination Chamber. Elimination Chamber. He, he, he does what he does best. Because it's, does, it's he, WWE and they show random people random shows, uh, nope. tournaments and stuff for the other team. He politics Adam Pierce. With the whole thing of, and it's something that they should try and move away from for the next while, but it's something that Cody should bring back post-Rumble, where he has to finish the story. Is the brand-to-brand invitational still a thing? Oh, that's true too. <laughs> um, look, if you wanted, you could have, you, you, you literally could have something that teases Roman versus Cody again in the build-up to Rumble actually have Roman be responsible for Cody getting eliminated from from the Rumble so that that's so that Roman doesn't want to face Cody again. Roman is fearful of Cody and that's what Cody can use the politic Pierce to get added into the elimination chamber. Uh, that's where he gets in wins it. That's that's too you're trying to connect two things that are too far away to make that happen. I don't think unless you're going to make Roman to be a, a right little bitch you know, the, the fact that he's running scared of somebody, that does just doesn't I mean, feel like something that they'll do. That's what he's been doing, basically, with all the people winning uh, his matches for him for the last two years. Yeah, but there's doing, you know, taking help from outside and, and ordering your minions to, you know, do stuff, but actively running scared just seems too much of a jump. But we're, we're nearly an hour in. We've nearly SummerSlam finished. <laughs> We have a nomination on the table for 24-7 for their indiscriminate booking of the Universal title match at SummerSlam. I vote yay. Let me hear you. I'm going to go yes too. I think this was fucking ridiculous for what you're doing with the story. Because now, like, other than this, I said the only thing we can do is go to Mania. And it's eight months until Mania. Gordo. Roman, Roman Hardy hasn't defended the title since last Mania. So this is his first, well, I think he did some house shows, but this is his first official defense in four months. 
Mm-hmm. Me and we may as well make it a fucking full house. Um, this was the story. I said it to you last night, Fitz, in the build-up to this. Like, during the entrances, I said to Fitz that, just that, yeah, he has to drop the title, especially after Balor not winning the title. It was like, cool, you're getting your title change here. Even if it's a fucking short-term thing and Roman wins a back of payback, even if you have that be mm-hmm. with help from Jimmy and you go with the route then of jealousy and that Jay made it about himself and that's where you yeah. have him return and you cost Jay the title again and then that can lead into your uh, was it I don't know No Mercy or whatever the fuck they have after it and then into your Survivor Mercy Series yeah. but, but you know that that but that's the thing as it next month you have that be the story there is Jimmy comes back and ends up screwing Jay out of the title there and then he can go down that road that'd be fine but the story was Jay should have won this title last yeah. night and like Cody to fi- Cody to finish the story doesn't need to be the rain the long 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 rain he just needs Cody to just needs title. to win the title yeah. mm-hmm uh, yeah, and I said Scorder last night as well is that, you know, Kofi Kingston won the title by beating Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania to, to crown his story and have his WrestleMania moment, which was fantastic. He didn't need a six month reign that he actually had. I think most people would say that his reign was very underwhelming, just the way he was booked and who he was put up against week or month in, month out. Jay's story was arguably better than Kofi's was when he won. And like Gorda said, it didn't need to be a long title reign. It just needed to be him dethroning Roman as a, a very humbling moment for Roman. That's all it needed to be. But they shat the bed, and I know Steve doesn't have any other 24-7 qualms <laughs> this week, so he would also vote for this. So it's a full house, um, new 24-7 champion for worst moment of the year. The indiscriminate booking of the universal title match at SummerSlam. Congratulations, guys! You 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 did it! You you did it! You did it! It was it was terrible. Steve inserted the jingle you do here. Cheers! Thanks. And new. He's done it! He's done it! A little noise for the Lashley sisters. 24 hours a day. Sweat activated. When you perspire, you're on fire. Uzi hot. <laughs> Seven days a week. Welcome to a moment of bliss. The 24 7 title. Any other thoughts on SummerSlam or will we move along to the best wrestling show on Saturday night? Uh, no, nah, just, just to kind of surmise for a show that should have been a layup in so many ways. and There was no was, surprises. Well, what are you talking about? We had a return of Obas. And you had the cash-in as well. The cash-in, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, when, when there's heavy rumours of Orton being around, there's heavy rumours of The Rock. Mm. It's just, it was in that regard, it was a bit of yeah. a, a damn squid. Did you just say a damn squid? A damn squid. I don't know what you're talking about. Last night was a great night for all us almost sapiens. <laughs> um, and one thing that kind of 
was a discussion point from last night was the fact that Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus got bumped from the show mm. because, and I quote, they wanted to give it its proper time and they didn't want to squash it into an already stacked SummerSlam card. I can think of a few matches on that SummerSlam card that could have been bumped to make way for what would have been easily a much better and entertaining match. You are not leaving Roman Reigns off of SummerSlam. <laughs> Am I not? <laughs> I mean, he's uh, off okay. Most so. <laughs> okay, we'll put a pin in that. That was SummerSlam 2023. Um, well, let's never speak of it again. Exactly. Um, moving on to the AEWs of the world. So I've got nothing to talk about here. AEW? Nothing happened with AEW this week. No, it was oh. a very, very quiet week. So before we get into the actual wrestling part of the world, there was what could probably only be described as a bit of a Twitter shit show during the week. Um, so I don't have the chronological time frame for this, but effectively, um, a tweet was put out criticizing the AEW women's division and the booking of said division and certain people within the division by the independent wrestling star Lufisto. Now, I personally don't know much about Lufisto as a character, but from other people who do know her as a as a wrestling character, they have high praise. So I will take that in, in good judgment because I respect their opinions. The the interview she gave with Fightful and Sean Ross Sapp was very divisive, I would say. Um she talked about her experience being an extra with AW Dark and how that initial contact with uh, QT and having to be booked and back and forth on emails requiring blood tests and COVID tests and everything like that shows a lack of organization, which is something that I don't think anybody would be too surprised about hearing with AEW. Nope. Uh, to going to the show and not knowing where to go, where to be, who to be around, and what her perceived cold reaction was from the women's locker room. Further on, then, some comments made by Dustin Runnels by calling her, um, Gorda, what was the quote? Uh, all, was it all French-Canadian people are assholes, eh? And she thought it was uh, obviously linked to, no, she has heat with uh, Jacques Rougeau. Um, ah, fuck Jacques Rougeau, apparently. Yeah, fuck Jacques But Rougeau. that came Shit. as a comment from Dustin after he was talking with Ruby Soho. And Lufisti walked in on them talking and they stopped talking when she came in and that was when the comment made. There seemed to be some sort of history between Lufisto and Ruby and Lufisto had the impression that that possibly spread in the locker room and the locker room was against her as a result of that. Other aspects of it then as well of poor experiences around WrestleMania time when she came in as a guest and so on and so forth. But this created a bit of a shitstorm online of people obviously taking that and running with it and criticizing the AEW division and talking points of Britt Baker and Tonda Rosa and other examples of where women didn't get on and the perceived division between the older stars and the younger stars. Points Lufisto also made was that the likes of Sky Blue were so either inexperienced or so timid that they had no input in their matches that when Lufisto asked Anna Jay what did they want to do in their match, you know, Anna Jay didn't know what to do or what to say. That apparently she was just told in her matches what she's doing and that's how it was done, supposedly. So there's a lot of she said, she said in this scenario and inferring based on reactions. So 
it, you never know the full extent to the truth when you listen to one side of an interview. But we got the other side of it in a, what seemed to be a very coordinated Twitter attack. Uh, and obviously a memo went out from AWHQ to all its talent to defend the women's division and say how great it was. It didn't come across cultish at all, <laughs> I would say. Um, stand up for AEW. <laughs> um, yeah, and the, this effectively was, as Gordon puts in the chat there, a good old-fashioned Twitter pile-on which left Lufisto deleting her Twitter. <laughs> Where does the truth lie? No one will really know. Somewhere but in the middle. You know, it's always the way in, with these things. In a he Let's said, she said, or in this case, she said, she said, um, the truth does always lie somewhere in around the middle, let's be honest. Um, which, by that logic, would indicate that there is some bit of truth to what Lefisto was saying. Um, I I do think this is a case of there's no smoke without fire. Um I laugh at some of the stuff that's out there from both the AEW wrestlers and also some of the fucking fan accounts that have been involved out there. Some of the more prominent accounts that are fans of AEW as well um, basically tried to discredit Lefisto. Um At the end of the day, if it wasn't for some of the stuff that that woman has done down through the years, there were a lot of opportunities that wouldn't be open for some of these women. Um, when they were coming up on the indies and I think a lot of them could do right by remembering the problem is a lot of them actually fucking leapfrogged a lot of the fucking work in the indies for years mm-hmm. and years as well which doesn't help things either but those that have worked the indies a lot of those opportunities wouldn't have been there for them if it wasn't for the likes of a Lufisto and yeah I think to see the pylon was laughable but also unnecessary as you say cultish um and i think there is something funny about when your locker room is basically being described as being toxic and the way of combating it is to be toxic a twitter pylon <laughs> a toxic moment on a, the most toxic social media platform that's existing at the moment um there's a fucking irony to that that nearly proves her point um yeah i i didn't like this and i actually thought that the the reaction essentially proved it and also let's not forget the reaction from one of the people who was kind of alluded to in all of this which was Britt baker the reaction of her to thunder rosa being stripped of the title and she basically celebrating thunder rosa having to be stripped of a title because she had to get back surgery uh, despite Thunder Rosa probably doing everything she could to fucking bring Brit up and give her the best match of her fucking career to that point. So, yeah, I do very much think that there's truth to this. Um, as to how much of it, there is obviously a personal aspect to it as well. You could tell from the story that Fista was given, there's definitely some personal bias coming into it. But yeah, there's, I think there's definitely something to this. And... It's not the first time. I don't think it'll be the last time we hear this about AEW. Um, it's, I, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely becoming a bit of a team there, and I'm actually just more surprised that there's not more people speaking up about it. To be honest, mm. uh, people don't want to risk their jobs or opportunities. Yeah. Or it's, it's, it's the kind of. She knows she's coming through the end of her career. She's not going to get in any of these big companies now. Yeah, I could just call out what she yeah. sees. 
But yeah, at the end of the day, look, we all know I hate women's wrestling anyway. Um, oh, yeah, of course. So my, my opinion's not valid on any of this stuff, you know. But... Do you reckon that we're going to hear any more of this, or will it just go quietly into the night? If they... I mean, it, it was an odd timing as well for this all to come out, just because of the fact that they did, you know, main event Dynamite with a title match that was really good. Mm-hmm. And the title this week. So I don't... It just seems like there's always something mm. being either said or done or insinuated about the AEW women's division. Um, It's been an ongoing theme since they went live, I think, or since when they launched back in 2019, that it's always been either under-resourced, underdeveloped, lack of TV time, and there always seems to be some sort of snide comments or remarks coming out of either current talent, former talent, or enhancement talent coming in. There can't be this much smoke and not an element of a, a massive fucking fire going on behind the scenes. So you'd hope that instead of maybe just going out on a kind of public attack, that they do take some of this and board and do some reflection and seeing if there are some processes or... I don't know, some talent relations that they might do to help improve the situation. You know, maybe they need to get more female coaches or producers involved or even, a, you know, a, a female booker to help Tony develop these sorts of things. But I think we could all agree that it could be done better, even just looking from the outside in. So hopefully they do something, but I, it's hard to know. We... With these sorts of things, you kind of just watch and wait and see if anything develops. Yeah, but that was the, the, the big drama. Um, so you kind of yeah, you kind of touched on it there in Dynamite. But if you want to run through the results of Dynamite and uh, take it from the top, yeah. So um, we had Jericho and Kenoshita defeating Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia. Um, after Don Carlos. Uh, Hit Garcia with a bat and Jericho agonized for a few seconds before deciding he was going to go for the pin. And um, so furthering the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society and not getting along with Jericho, which they're going to have a mandatory meeting next week to decide, um, see what's going to happen. So Dr. Like, Shelby going to be there? I'd love if Dr. Shelby was there. I don't see it happening, but I'd love it. Um, but yeah, assuming that this is somehow this is going to tie into the rumored Jericho Osprey match. Um, at all in going to be happening but uh, you know the G1 is still on right now so it'll probably be another week before we get the pro payoff payoff on that I'd imagine um, hmm. but yeah I'd say this will probably be the proper whatever we're going to get it out of it it's going to be this is going to be the setup for it anyway nice uh, we had a anything goes three way match between Trent Beretta John Moxley and Penta El Zero Miedo um, which Trent Beretta won of all people um, it was actually a really fun hardcore death match, not full death match, but I, I really enjoyed this. So this was it's a 24 7 music. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think we've gotten to discuss here. No, no, no. Hey, hey, the 24 7 music. Steve has asked for it to be nominated. And Steve he asked for it to be nominated. Steve asked for Penta hitting a pile driver onto Tom Tax, uh, resulting in a two count to be nominated for a 24 7. Kicking out of a Fucking pile driver in 2023. Go away, would you? But on Tom Tax. No, no. 
no. Uh, I can save a lot of hassle here anyway. My vote would be no. No, oh, of course not. Yeah, so it was Moxley hitting a, pe- a pile driver onto Tom Dax, onto Penta. Uh, and that's the nomination Steve wants because Steve's a bitter old man and doesn't like yeah. th- fun things. I, I will um, say I'm ha- I'm half with Steve on this. I do think a pile driver is a move that should not be kicked out of, but that's just, uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, a sign of the times um, mm-hmm. that they do kick out of it these days. But yeah, so I'm with him in that regard, but uh, also I'll vote no because unfortunately too many people kick out of pod drivers already. Yes, exactly. I vote no also. Uh, but yeah, this match also then set up a um, a tag team uh, match on, was, no, it was on Rampage uh, uh, for a, ah, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Parking lot brawl. Uh, so mm. the second parking lot brawl, they had it at Daly's Place um, between uh, the Blackpool Combat Club and the Best Friends, which was very fun. Uh, uh, can, we talk about the opening, can we talk about the opening shot of that where it zooms in and it's just fucking uh, Shivani standing in the middle of a load of cars with a microphone? <laughs> and it and just Big Show, looked like, Big Show is there too. Big Show. And it, lo- it just looked like the two of them were about to fucking advertise a used car lot. <laughs> Like, it looked so like much gonna... planted fans as well were cheering yeah for like, it, they were it genuine looked, fans it looked like uh, Shivani was about to offer you a great deal on a fucking Subaru like <laughs> but the match was fun the, for skipping around a bit for Rampage parking lot brawl um, Sue came out with her car and it got destroyed she oh no orange Cassidy no. on the roof you know um, but yeah, the Blackpool Combat, Combat Club completely decimated, basically. In that the, the lads scared for two away. Afterwards. Yeah, like Mox took it. After the match, Mox took out a fucking knife. Could have used that during the match, you know, if you're going to try and win, you know. But anyway, um, slash the tires. Yeah. Uh, Huge true. Yeah, fun match, though. Very fun match. It was. Uh, back to Dynamite then. Um, trios match, the Elite defeated Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, and Satnam Singh. Um, so elite doing elite things and dominating he's, after they've resigned. That, I believe Patty skipped that. Yeah, it was basically just to have them. This is Dynamite 200, it was just to have them on the show basically and to recognize that they've resigned their deals, so they're not going to WWE. Are they the only hey. ones that have resigned their deals? Hmm, hmm. But yeah, apparently they had a pact where they were all going to stay together no matter what they did, and they agreed between them all to stay with AEW. Uh, Ring of Honor World Title Power. match up next uh, of the Open uh, with the first defense of the title against El Hio de Valkingo and Commander in a match. Um, it was grand. It was a bit flippy, a bit hitty. And yeah, yeah. Aussie Open. You know, you know what to expect. Aussie Open. Yeah. Flawless. So. And then the main event, uh, AW Women's World Title, Hikaru Shida defeated Tony Storm of a new AW Women's World Champion. I have one criticism I want to get out the bat off uh, off the bat with this straight away. And well, I know we all know you hate women's wrestling, so yeah, well, that's the I, I knew that was fucking coming. Hmm. Uh, there's a valid criticism I can have with this. As soon as they said this was going to main event, you knew the title change was coming. Yeah, because of how they've booked the division, it is not an issue with the match at all. The match was very good. The two of them were fantastic. But unfortunately, because of how the division has been booked, as soon as this as soon as this was on as the main event, you just knew that it was a title change in coming, which is a shame because it kind of gave away uh, it gave away what was coming. But a very fun match, very fun, very good. And Sheeta is a fucking star. We've said yeah. it for so long, and it's nice for her that she'd be able to get a title reign in front of fans. 
Please don't. Now, now all their like UK wrestlers, female wrestlers, and male wrestlers points seem to be getting injured for just oh. before all in. Pack is out apparently. He's not going to be at all in. Um, who do we have? I'm assuming their plan was originally to have a UK wrestler in the women's title match because there was a few options. I imagine the original plan was Tony to have the belt and Jamie Hayter to win it back at Wembley. Exactly, yeah. But uh, obviously Hayter's gone and she might not be back this year at all. Mm. Uh, Tony Storm had an absolute hilarious interview on Collision. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but uh, uh, fucking hilarious. I don't know what way they're going to work with that. But yeah, the, the women's match, I, you have to assume it's going to be Surrey at this stage. Yeah, it's the only person left at this point. Like, that's probably why yeah. they, they'd fuck the title off Tony so that they can have that match. But um, see, Tony is very intertwined with the UK as well. So she would have been fine for the match too. So I don't know why they need to, felt they needed to switch that. And it probably would have been a better match than with Surrey because, you know, she's been well out of practice for now for a while. What? No. Oh, wait. Yeah, I know yeah. that's actually true. Uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, you could go multi-woman match maybe hmm. that'll help kind of protect Surrey as well to a degree where sort of focus isn't purely on her yeah true I mean we probably want to defend the title on the big show but I don't think it's when you have the whole thing of the what are they calling themselves I'm going blank right now the originals outcasts, not, the outcasts versus the originals um, hmm. it's something you can do it finally do a payoff on this because they kind of just swept another rug for the last while and kind of forgot about it for a while so yeah. at least you could do a match for at the on the big show with that well, for sure. Uh, Collision brought some surprises. And this is where I have nothing to say. And some, <laughs> and some announcements for all in. That was the most oh. important stuff. Yeah. Tales, uh, tales. What am I paying money to see here, lads? So, in terms of the action on Collision, I don't think it'll be much of a surprise to see FTR retained against Big Bill and Brian Cage. Fun match, as you'd expect. Uh, Brian Cage has been seriously impressing me lately. Mm. Uh, that man could talk that promo he caught on Rampage hella fucking mm-hmm. good oh I forgot to, actually before we go the one thing I forgot about uh, uh, Dynamite uh, RVD with Pantera as his team song oh my it's, god and now it's going to be in a match next week for the FTW title mm-hmm. um, how does that Sorry. before we go into collision actually while you're talking about it how does that match get squashed next week because obviously reschedule for all in there we go yeah they have to do yeah. something or unless they're going to do like a an ECW gauntlet match at Wembley or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but in which case, I'd be okay with it. Hmm. Depending on who you bring, of course. Um, yeah. But that'll be fun. Rob Van Dam can still kind of go. So it'll be, I think Jack Perry will have to do a bit of carrying. Hmm. I think he's able for it. He's young enough for it. Yeah. I believe in Jungle Boy Jack Boy Perry. Jack Boy Perry. Boy. Uh, so yeah, we also had TBS Championships. Statlander defeated Mercedes Martinez. That was fun. Um, but after the match, Diamante made her AEW television mm. return after oh. a very, very long time to what looked like she was protecting Chris Statlander, but immediately turned and started beating her up with uh, Mercedes till the ultimate babyface Willow come down for the save. So they're doing a tag match next week. But that should I be fun. More than okay with that. Yeah. Okay. Big big Diamante fan. Nice. Um, just Samoa Joe defeated Serpentico in about 20 seconds. That was but fun. That, but that wasn't the story. Of sure. That was not the story. Samoa Joe came out on the mic after the match and said that he wasn't happy with the legacy of him and a certain somebody's uh, 
match history being defined by a roll up in the Owen Hart Invitational. No. And that he wants to go one more time in Wembley. And he's called out CM Punk. He's doing it nicely. He said that he wants an answer from Punk, or next week he will get an answer from Punk. So we'll have to see. But it looks like they're building Samoa Joe and CM Punk for Wembley, and I'm very glad to be going to watch that. Yes, yes. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> you had the opportunity. <laughs> I'm, I'm, go- I'm going to America, I know, but still, <laughs> fuck you. And also, uh, as I said in the chat, my penis can only get so erect. <laughs> Next up, the AW World Trios Championships. The House of Black defeated Action Andrew, Darius Martin, and Lee Johnson. But again, that wasn't the story either. The story was after the match when House of Black were announced to, to be defending their Trios Championship next week against CMFTR. So you get House of Black versus CMFTR. Oh, baby, that's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay White Almost defeated like Metalik. Want to really highlight everybody on that show. And what's wrong with that? That is it's, excellent. It's almost like it's a well-booked wrestling show. <laughs> uh, Jay White defeated Metalik. That was fine. That was fun. That was that. That was a thing that happened. And then in the main event, which went about thirty-five minutes, which they gave it a lot of time, yeah. and they. They really lived up to it as well. It was a very good match. You had CM Punk defeating Ricky Starks uh, to retain the, quote, real world championship after Ricky the Dragon Steamboat had to come into the ring to count the pin after the original ref got bumped out of the ring. So it was good. Very uh, fun match. It, because this is a complaint we've had recently. How was the ref bump? Decent. I would okay. think plausible at least. Um, good, so what you're saying is great by AEW standards because they have not done good ref bumps lately. Yeah, it it definitely wasn't as good as the the WWE ref bumps around Mania time. They were Hall of Fame worthy, <laughs> but uh, definitely a lot better than the AEW ref bumps of recent time. Yeah, there, there was definitely a there was definitely a ref bumping class held at the Performance Center at some point this year because WWE <laughs> was gone up a lot. Right? <laughs> uh, but after the FTR match at the beginning of the show. They got on the mics and they challenged uh, a certain brother tag team for a match at Wembley. They Uh, said that they've uh, had classic matches. (laughs) Had classic matches uh, in their career. They've, you know, they've had the trilogy with uh, the Briscoe brothers, but now they need to put something to bed once and for all. And they call that the Young Bucks. So it's FTR versus the Young Bucks for all in. So that and show is. I wanted to be the righteous brothers. And there was one more match just officially made for this week as well for All In. The main event for All In was also set during Dynamite this week. Didn't where, read the contract. <laughs> where MJF offered the title match to Adam Cole after their Bay Bay. Their, their big wins or big loss, but big uh, team bonding, and he gave it a little emotional promo where you know he's going through you know all his history and his. Uh, ADD that he has and all this sort of stuff and uh, yeah so we got we got uh, MJF versus Adam Cole for the AEW World Title they just bought they just bought for Cole done when he done oh, that the, 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 old, the old stab knife in the back the old knife the old knife yeah. that he gave for the Roddy Strong just before yeah. he turned on him in NXT definitely not reading too much into that at all no 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 <laughs> uh, so yeah that was Collision hell of a show 
Mm. And mm. I would easily say the best wrestling show on Saturday night. I mean, it didn't have much competition. Nope. <laughs> um, what else happened in the world of wrestling this week? So we kind of skipped over Raw and SmackDown because we went straight into SummerSlam. I don't think there was too many talking points yeah, from those two shows. We need to go back to them at this point and say we're probably um, oh, and there was we saw murder. We saw murder on, Di- on uh, Dynamite this week, by the way. Can we talk about it? A murder on Dynamite. Nick Wayne got nearly murdered on Dynamite, didn't he? Oh, well, that was a great he, segment. Yeah. yeah. So Swerve and AR Fox decided to pay a little visit to Nick Wayne's training base. The, what was it? The Buddy Wayne... Buddy Wayne Academy or something. They smashed a photo frame over his head, which produced an inordinate amount of blood <laughs> that was just pooling around the head of Nick Wayne on the canvas. So I think someone should probably check to see if he's actually still alive. Mm. It, it's a possibility that he's actually deceased. He might be. Hopefully dead. not. Hopefully um, not. Loving the amount of love that has gone AR Fox's way this uh, over the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks. Um, massive Air Fox fan, delighted. Um, yep, yeah. it's nice to get a bit of character for him because everyone could have appreciated his work in the ring. You could just watch one of his matches and you know he's supremely talented, but it's always hard to get invested in a, a professional wrestler until you get to see the character that they're able to portray on screen and give people a reason to either like them or hate them. Hell, me the turn lies. I never tell lies. That's a that's the truth of it all. Yeah. They when they did a turn last week with Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen, fantastic stuff. Immediately invested in it because because of his wrestling, you always wanted to get more invested. They gave you the reason to it, so let's just see where they run with it. And just like anything, the swerve touches for the last little while has been quality on screen. So uh, let's see where they go with it. He's so damn talented. Yeah. Okay, so let's move straight down to the best match of the week. Don't take too long because we know it's not the main event of SummerSlam. <laughs> um, oh, what are you going for? I don't know. So I'm looking at the matches that happened this week. Um, you could have Maxine Dupree defeating Valhalla. Hmm, it's, it's right better, up there. Better, better than the main event. Um. <laughs> You could have Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows uh, versus Ridge Holland and Butch ending in a no contest. Because the Street Profits debuted as a heel and teamed up with Bobby Lashley. Yeah, you see, you've got plenty of options for, you know, best match of the week. Mm, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, I go, go on. Punk Ricky Starks, I think. Mm. I have not seen, but I would imagine if I saw that would get it. Uh, actually, I'm going to go and it's Weird one. Uh, Gunter Chad Gable. Oh, Sean is right. The AW or the NXT pay per Oh, NXT pay per view happened at the weekend. Fuck yeah. It sure did. That was good. Yeah, great American Bash. Fuck. Um, it, it existed. Um, yeah, well, then easy choice for my match of the week. Um, Hayes and Dragonoff. Yeah, it's Hayes Dragonoff. Yeah. All day. Same. As soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, that was in the last week. I'm going for that. All Dragonoff matches are the same to me. I just can't get invested in them. Don't know what it is. I would hundred percent admit that it's all on me. But uh, I just Sean, we love our retention. By the way, we love we love our retention. (laughs) 
Uh, okay, that's your best match. What's your uh, almost match of the week, aka your worst match of the week? I mean, we gave it twenty four seven. Yeah, I don't think you can go worse than that. Like, if, if a match gets twenty four seven, I don't think you can vote for it to not be the worst match. And the worst thing is, as I said, lots of both. I actually liked the match for parts of what it was doing, but the payoff was not there, so it instantly shits on the thirty five mm-hmm. minutes that came before it. So yeah, happily, I will go along with that. So best segment of the week. What are you thinking? Few Probably contenders that, here. That Nick Wayne house beat Nick Wayne. Yeah. Interesting. Swerve, much I like the boy Mellow. Don't miss lately. Um, I think so too. Um, you were saying obviously you, you, thought, Joe. you laughed at the, the Tony Storm. You like the Tony Storm segment as well, you were saying from. Uh, it, she was just crazy. Uh, she's yeah. literally losing the plot. So all that sort of stuff is just hilarious to me. Um, and Tony Shivani backstage doing the interview didn't know what to do, where to look, or what to say. Oh. He was very uncomfortable. It was hilarious. Uh, for not necessarily best, but for fo- one of the funniest, uh, Stalander squatting Renee. Yes, oh, that was very that good. Was quality. <laughs> uh, so t- I, I can't get, I can't give a best segment because one or two of the lines that Stalander was coming out with were just fucking weird. She was there talking about you know do all these chores because mommy's coming home. I was like what? No, that that was awful. Keeps, yeah, yeah the, the the whole squatting thing and everything it was just funny though. Uh, yeah, that that'll probably be uh, an honourable mention. And but I'd probably shout to MJF's whole. Um, he's still a scumbag, but he's our scumbag. That's he's our scumbag. Yeah, that segment was pretty good too. Not so bad at all. Uh, who is the winner of the QTV award for worst? Q- there was a QTV segment on Rampage. That's perfect. That'll take the award. Um, moving on to wrestler of the week. Ooh. I'm going Hikaru Shida. Not so bad, Gordo. Uh, fuck. Um, it won't be Gable Stevenson anyway. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, fuck. I think Sean in there with a good shout Ooh, for EO yeah. Sky. She's going to back then too. Uh, Gunther. It'd be hard to look past Gunther. Uh, no, nice. She, Defeating Seamus. Yeah. I'm actually surprised for best match fits that you didn't nominate Anna J versus Sky Blue. Uh, I know you're a big fan of that. <laughs> I certainly had feelings towards that match, correct? Yep. Um, yeah, there's actually a couple of contenders for this week. I'll, I I think I might go Gunther. They had a very fun match with Drew and himself and Gabriel were very good. So, yeah, I think Gunther for me. That's about it. I think I'll row in behind um, Sean. I think EO, just for her moment, does quality. It should have been Jay Uso, though. It really should have been. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Show of the week. Um, are we colliders fully fledged yet at this stage? Uh, I did I see mean, collision, so I can't. <laughs> I'd probably go collision, but yeah, like NXT was good too. The pay per view was good too. Um, yeah, co- collision sounds like the best, but I haven't seen it. So, being like being an honorable man and all that, I will say NXT take uh, the Great American Bash. Bash. But I would assume if I had seen collision, I would be voting collision. That's so bad. Uh, and in general, the the divide has started between the colliders and the kaboomers. It's it's hilarious to see. C- collision <laughs> is the way. Uh, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm I'm robbing so I'm robbing from uh, Mandalorian, but like I'm, <laughs> like this is the way. 
let's be honest. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy myself some uh, AEW Saturday Night Raw. It is quite good. Um, finally, it is the, the ultimate best of both worlds TV show. It literally don't you even dare start singing. I won't sing the song. I, I won't let you sing the song. I promise. But it's very much. It takes from what people expect from a classical wrestling show, with regards to some of the old WWE style feel of it, but also has the AW style of wrestling as well. So I actually think mm-hmm. it takes. It has the perfect. It has the perfect blend, and the pacing has been. I think it was as we said. It was one bad week, but the pacing of the show has been lawless throughout while having that good blend so it's as good a wrestling show as you can find every week um i mean okay. pretty, like it be of aw so hey sammy Guevara, what the fuck were you thinking dumbass moment of the week i think it has to go to good old triple h for the booking of that main event of SummerSlam. <laughs> i mean take the better with the better to roof there's a, a thing going around today apparently that they've uh Heyman and roman have a lot of creative control over that rain yeah, apparently it's they decide when he's dropping it. You gotta take the bitter with the better. He's head of creative. Look, in a, week where, in a week where we had the bash at the beach, dark side of the ring come out, there is an issue with creative control in wrestling. If Roman had his creative control and he can play his creative control card, then I don't know. I think that absolves Trip slightly. I don't know, like, if, if Tripp's getting a lot of credit for the uptake in attendances and the reception of the shows overall for the last 6 to 12 months, then similarly, when something goes wrong, Buck stops with him, he's got to take the slack. You can't have Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman overruling Triple H in these sorts of things. Triple H had to give the go-ahead for this to happen, or else the fucking inmates are running the asylum. And I don't well, think the WWE would allow that to happen. Like I, don't AEW. Think they would. I don't think they would, to be honest. Um, do oh, we actually, have any... Sorry, just another 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 segment of the week. Uh, Christian Cage and his daughter. <laughs> was that actually his daughter? <laughs> Apparently so. Genuine question. Is that, that the kid that was in the front row? I, I believe so. The one that Jungle Jack, Jack was behind. Yeah. yeah. Pretty sure um, it was. Oh... Because uh, yes. because on the back of the hall, you know, don't be interacting with people in the crowd. Remember, they came out. I found it weird that like Jungle Boy grabbed a kid, put it on his lap, and hid behind it unless it was someone he knew. So that's why I assumed it had to be someone's kid. Defo, defo, had to be done. Um, okay, so let's move along swiftly, and we will do a, a rapid bad Twitter takes. So when, where do we go as far as, so we did the last show. Whoa. When did you do the last show when I was gone? Uh, it was 28th or 27th. 27th or 28th, I can't remember which one it was. Uh. Yeah, so the 29th, the, the, uh, sorry, it was in the three of the week one, not the bad takes one. Okay, so the one here by CM Goof. CM Goof, that's the one. Okay, so the original tweet is uh, Dax Harwood high-flying with High-fiving with fan wearing a Jim Cornette shirt. This is the kind of fans this show brings in. Hashtag AEW Collision. Someone quote-tweets that and says, FTR seem like they want the benefits of allyship, but won't put in any work towards self-examination or betterment. It just feels slimy. There's this really weird narrative out there that Jim Cornette is this right-wing borderline trumper 
Now, there are one or two things that I really 100% do not agree with him on, and I think some of the some of the stuff he has said about Omega does borderline, well, not even borderline, does go into a little bit of homophobia. Mm. Um, but there's this weird narrative out there of kind of, when it comes to Cornette and his leanings politically and stuff like that. Rapid the man has said one or two things, but generally he is not the person that people portray him to be and his views aren't. So yeah, I think this is a fucking god-awful tweet and it's a weird one from people. Yeah. Uh, next one from Rachel Ellering, former NXT star, I believe. Yeah. I can't remember if she was NXT. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Uh, she says, and I quote, all of y'all who chant, we want tables, while guys are demolishing their bodies with ladders can go to hell. You're the worst. I 100% agree with this. I hate that chant yeah, for passion. that yeah. should this should be in tweet of the week. Sorry, yeah. that's uh, that. I'm yeah. actually going to move that into tweet of the week. So that's a nomination <laughs> right there. Um, okay, sorry. Maybe there's context here. There's another person who screen grabbed that and added a comment. I probably wouldn't go as far as Rachel Ellering did, but I do admit I'm kind of getting over the "We Want Tables" chant for every single hardcore match. It was dumb during Money in the Bank and Blood and Guts. I'm kind of glad there was no "We Don't" response chance. No, I agree with that too. Not oh, tweet of the week. Yeah. Yeah, respect to both those people. Rachel, God damn, goof. Put them in the right folder. You're both my people. Yeah, that we want to table chant is fucking stupid and it should It needs to die. That and the yeah chance, or that and the what chance need to die. Thankfully, the what chant has been replaced by yeah. So moving on, Steve added a couple there today. So this one is from Kate at Fightful. It feels like the universal title is pretty pointless. It's never used to advance stories or wrestlers care or wrestlers' careers anymore. It's a thing that Roman trots out once a business quarter to give fans false hope and leave them annoyed. The Bloodline story is more compelling if he lost it. I mean, hmm. it's, it's... No, that's that's bad. Um, it, There's a second tweet, a follow-on tweet. I'll read Double that. If you ruin everyone's chances and stories in the process, what are you building the equity for? Unless it's solo, seems like a waste. I think That's everyone is falls in the story that book coming against Roman has end up coming out better out of it, except for last night. Um, yeah, like to back up that like. point, uh, someone replied to that tweet and said, it built equity for Owens, Zane, and a Cody, for sure. So yeah, I think they all came out of it looking better. I think she probably hit, has a point to a degree for the title. You know, obviously the bloodline is enhanced by the fact that they are the crowning reigning champions, but the fact that you know he's had the title so long that it probably is losing a bit of its luster now because nobody's winning it so they had to invent a fucking secondary title because no one was winning it so there is a, an air of truth to it but again i wouldn't exactly consider that a very hot take uh so what did Steve say underneath? He said, Twitter user reply left in to make my point. This is a very bad take. So Steve said, no title in the company has advanced more wrestler stories or careers in the last three years. You can be unhappy. He still has it, but that's a separate issue. So yeah, kind of yeah. reinforced yeah. what I was saying as well. Um, to be fair, she'd be known for her bad takes, um, but yes. that's just me. She is known <laughs> for her bad takes. Um, uh, so tweet K of the week. K takes the worst take. Yeah, that, that, that one about the Universal title is by far the worst take. You reckon? Yeah. I thought the first one, maybe. Nah, no, I, 
Nah, that that that's just somebody who's want to have that, that that's just someone who's a bit, a bit of a fucking clown. Uh, for is <laughs> actually a bad take. Uh, so moving on to tweet of the week. So good friend of the show, Nick Quinn, puts in. Uh, when Jeff Jarrett was working for TNA in their early years, his next-door neighbor babysat his children. Taylor Swift was that next-door neighbor slash babysitter. Jeff's daughter, Jacqueline, ended up in the music video for Taylor's song, Mine. That's pretty cool. Mm. Some pictures of Taylor there with Jeff Jarrett then afterwards. The Who knew uh, Taylor Swift was a piece of shit human being for knowing Jeff Jarrett? Huh? Uh, have you seen her ticket prices? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that reaffirms it. Um, next one then is from Robert DeFelice from Fightful <laughs> he tweets and ats the rock okay uh, I hope this post finds you well I know you're an increasingly busy individual but I wanted to reach out and ask if you were aware that your extended family is imploding and your daughter seems to be in a cult I apologise if any of this is news to you very well done stay strong uh, Steve puts one in then a coordinated media blitz from your locker room is a hell of a way to deal with accusations of clicks and bullying within your locker room wouldn't want anything that resembles resembling dogpiling going on yes okay uh, any winner there for you out of those three uh, Rachel Ellering Rachel Ellering too but yeah the one to the rock <laughs> yeah the one to the rock honourable yeah. mention for Rachel Ellering yeah perfect 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 so that wraps up the show. We've had a new 24-7 champion winner, a shit summer slam, a good collision, and Gordo take us home. Yeah. Um, interesting week on the wrestling front. A lot of us left for us to talk about. And uh, as those know us, every week we have a lot of talk about. So if you want to come and hear us talk even more next week, you'll be able to find us on all your favorite podcast apps. So that'll be your iTunes, your Google Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you are listening to us right now. If you come back next week, there will be another episode. So come back, join us, listen to us ramble more shite. Hopefully we'll be a bit more positive next week because there's a lot of negativity on this show because of just how shit SummerSlam was. Uh, we are normally a lot more upbeat, so please come back and listen to a more positive show some other week. Uh, you'll also find us over no, on Wrestling Soup. I mean, we Steve are, we're positive. Steve, like, we're, <laughs> look, we're positive. Not as positive as Steve's penis AIDS test, but we are normally a bit more positive than we were this week. Uh, but you'll also find us over on WrestlingSoup.com along with the Soup guys themselves and a load of other shows. Uh, please go check out the guys over there. Uh, over there. I, I know they've done a post show last night. I unfortunately haven't had a chance to listen back to it yet. Um, looking forward to listening back to it and hearing what those guys have had to say on it because uh, yeah they're just they're, they're, they're a bunch of great guys so please go check out the soup guys uh, also check out our friends at Canvas Theory it's canvastheory.com if you use the promo code AWP you will get 10% off your entire order there so please go check Ooh. them out I was waiting for it I was fucking waiting for it you'll also find us over on Twitter it's at the AWPod if you go over there you'll also find a link to our Discord where you can come join in the live fun you can submit your own tweets of the week, your own bad Twitter takes, your own stuff of anything you want us to talk about. We have loads of different channels over there. You can submit a couple of suggestions for the show. So please come join us over there. And also, if you do that, you'll actually get to listen to the show a few days early. You won't have to wait for it to hit your iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. You will be able to hear us live. And, you know, on the off chances that, that the stupid, sexy producer has to cut out, you'll actually get to hear it live if you're on Discord. Uh, I don't think we gave Matt to cut out this week, which... It's kind of a shame. We should have made him do some work. Mm. Uh, also, if you want to find us, do something other than talk about wrestling. You'll also be able to find us over on Twitch, where we will stream a multitude of games. We're still waiting for the fucking 
Stadium Stampede mode to get added into Fight Forever. So we don't know if we'll be playing Fight Forever this week, but you will find us on twitch.tv forward slash the AWP. Please go drop us a follow over there. Turn on notifications. You'll get notified when we go live. Uh, we are planning on streaming this Sunday night. It's bank holiday here in Ireland, so we are planning on streaming. As to what we stream, God only knows. If you go over to twitch.tv forward slash the AWP, you will see the VOD sitting there when you log in. Go see what we played. Uh, also, when you're over there, if you do us a favor, also drop a follow on twitch.tv forward slash deliverance 77 as well. That would be much appreciated, even though, you know, he, he only likes one type of tea. Yeah, so yeah boys, another show in the can. Huge success. I don't we think we shot that too bad. No, no. Shit to bed. Uh, hopefully not too much for the old stupid sexy producer to have to do. Um, you know, he's unfortunately recovering from an ailment at the moment. So that ailment yeah. being uh, alcohol poisoning. So <laughs> and his five euro pizzas. Oh, fucking five euro pizzas. They look nice. They look nice. All Where's right. the beef though? Where's the beef? Uh, hopefully it's on its way out from Air Square to our house right about now. <laughs> right. Thanks everyone for joining. Thanks Sean joining the chat. Much love. XOXO. Gossip Girl. Kiss. Uh mm. <gasps> oh, Tiger's whistle. You know what that means? Tiger's whistle's blowing. Means we must be going. No more Russell crowing for you. But now don't you start to whine. I'll see you again next time. Cause there's plenty of more of fighting left to do. Making movies, making songs, and fight around the world. See you next time, everybody. <laughs>